Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We have a really wonderful show for you guys today. And the topic is something that might surprise some of you, but those of you who have listings that aren't selling are definitely going to want to listen to these 15 points, assuming we get through all 15 points. Yes. Well, this will be a two-part show. Okay. So the the theme of today's podcast, what we're going to be focusing on are 15 reasons why your listings might not be selling. Now, there's two ways to use this information. Well, there's more than two, but really there's two ways of... Uh, using this information that Julie and I were considering when we wrote this. Number one, you might have listings right now that you don't understand why they're not selling. Well, here's your checklist. Number two, you might go on a listing appointment with an expired listing and you can use this information to show that seller. Maybe Mr. Seller, point number six on this list is the reason that your home didn't sell. You guys get the point? And this is also great fodder for your social media. What I could see some of you using this content for Instagram posts or things like that. Now, like always, all of our notes are down below. So just scroll down and look at, um, right, and it's in iTunes, Spotify. I was just making sure everything's there, and it is. iTunes, Spotify, and of course, over on YouTube. And when you're there, as always, make sure you click the link to join Premier Coaching. Premier Coaching is, from what we've been told now, the nation's number one uh, real estate training and coaching program. And the best thing about Premier Coaching, I think all of you will agree, is you can actually sample it. You can take it for a test drive. You can join right now 100% for free and you have 30 days access, which includes a free, um, rather a free, which includes um, a daily semi-private coaching call with a Harris certified coach. So go ahead and scroll down now, grab the notes for today's show. And then also while you're there, join Premier Coaching. And again, it costs you absolutely nothing to join. It uh, takes about 17 seconds to join. You can do that while we're going to part one here of our first point. And if you are driving around and don't have time to scroll, you can just go to premiercoaching.com. All right, Julie, let's roll right in. Yes, that's right. So listeners, realtors, brokers, we are starting to see more listings and fewer buyers. With more choices, buyers agents look for reasons not to show a property and buyers look for reasons not to buy it or to simply keep on looking. Additionally, there's been a lot of new construction being built near some of your resale listings and the builders have the advantage when they can buy down the mortgage interest rates and sell more houses, I'm sorry, sell more house for the same payment as your resale listings. So this explains why some listings are not selling immediately. Some listings are not selling at all. Some are not getting multiple offers and some are going for less than list price. It's not all the same as it was where you put it on on Thursday. It's in contract with, you know, five backups by Monday. And let me point this out too. Yes, of course, interest rates have gone up. Yes, of course, people's payments are higher. Yes, of course, some people are going to not be able to afford the payments, obviously. I mean, these things are all true. There definitely is a lot of payment shock out there, but here's the bottom line. Even in the late 70s, early 80s, when interest rates, were you aware of this, listeners, went up to nearly 20%. Guess what? Still millions of homes were selling every year. People were, st were still buying and selling. What we have done, and we talk about this all, all the time on the podcast, is what this market has done is it's basically pruned out the folks that were transacting for more, I'd say, uh, you know, I was going to say voluntary reasons, but really, sure. you know, you got a lot of people that were doing flips. Well, not a good time to be doing flips. You had a lot of people that were buying a lot of VRBOs, maybe not a good time for that. A lot of people that were um, moving up just recreational, recreational sellers, mm -hmm. recreational. Well, after all, they had so much equity time. 
time to move up. You know, a lot of that type of froth is out of the market right now. Now, will it return? Probably. Most likely it will. Anytime soon? Most likely not. So what you're stuck with, and it's frankly the greatest business to have, are actual sellers that actually have to sell. Not just, well, if I you know get my price and pigs fly kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Right? So just keep that in mind. Do not convince yourself that this is not a great market. It is a great market for agents that have the skills to make it their market. That's right. So what does cause a listing not to sell or to not sell quickly? Why does it expire? Why does it get deprioritized by buyers or buyer's agents? So don't make these mistakes. Here is your list of 15. We'll do some today and some tomorrow. Number one, the listing might be poorly presented, not being staged correctly. Now this includes, but is not limited to the short list, clutter, questionable smells, not being clean and not being bright. The goal is for the listing to show like a new construction model home. Consider adding shoe covers in a basket in the foyer that says, please remove your shoes or cover them to protect the floors, which may someday be yours. Now, Julie and I sold real estate. We sold thousands of homes. So we know telling a seller that their house stinks, you know, literally smells, is not an easy thing to, you know, there's not a good script with Mr. Seller, your house (laughs) smells. Okay. If you have a good script for trying to tell a seller that their house stinks, well, pass it along. It's called feedback from the other agents. Well, that's where I was going with it. (laughs) So one of the greatest tools that some of you have never learned how to use, because frankly, you haven't had to learn how to use it. Good point. Is getting feedback on co-op showings or even your own showings. And feedback can happen in a number of different ways. You can use, it's not, uh, it's homefeedback.com. That's what we used, and we used it for years, but I think they're showing now... Time. Yeah, it's called Showing Time. Thank you. Uh, but a more simpler version is you could just uh, leave a little survey, a, a, bunch, a stack of you know simple forms that um, ask the seller to rate the... I'm sorry, the buyer and the buyer's agents to rate the house. Maybe five simple questions. Is their house price you know, well for this market? Maybe have... Um, a, you know, a rating system where they can say one means no and five means yes. You guys get the idea? There's samples of this in Premier Coaching, but you get the idea that the goal is for you to be able to give feedback that comes from the actual market, not from you, because then you're not the bad guy. And it's gonna clutter is going to be a problem, especially if someone's lived in a house for a long time. So do consider using the market to give the bad news to the seller. That's right. That only means uh, you can only do that when you actually get the feedback. And that is in Premier uh, Coaching, as well as the checklist for how to get your home ready in a hurry. That's in the back of the proven home selling system that they get with Premier Coaching. Right. Okay, so number two, perhaps the listing has a non-compelling description. This includes plain vanilla words like open and airy floor plan. Who doesn't have an open and airy floor plan, right? Don't make it sound like every other listing. Make the description convince me to be dying to show this property first. Okay, two thoughts with this one. Uh, how many of you actually write descriptions or of your houses at all? Okay, some of you are guilty of not doing that. And some of you are saying, oh my gosh, to write a really good, compelling description, how am I ever going to do this? Well, it's called Chat GPT 4. Yes, and right? they're good at it. Yes, Chat GPT 4. And all you'd have to do, you guys should definitely be experimenting with this. It's just put in a description of the property. I'll get, here's a little uh, hack for that. Chat GPT-4, which pulls information from the internet, if you put the uh, property address of the house that you've just listed into Chat GPT-4 and you tell it, ask it rather politely, you always yes. have to be be polite to AI. Just in case. You never know, right? 
<laughs> okay. And you ask it to write a, a description for the property being for sale. And, you know, it can then go onto property records. It'll know the square footage. It'll know the neighborhood. It'll know, you guys get the point here. Mm -hmm. Let ChatGPT4 do it for you. And there's going to be a lot of other apps that are built on the back of ChatGPT4, which are going to be coming out, and I'm guessing, the next six months, which is it's going to make this process even more automated. Point number three. Point number three. A lot of these are easy to fix. Point number three, the listing has terrible pictures. You've all seen them. Hopefully you're not guilty of it. This includes tiny iPhone pictures, pictures with kids sleeping in their beds, kitchen pictures with dirty dishes, toilet lid up. That's a common one, common mistake. The agent's reflection taking the picture in the bathroom mirror or any number of other unprofessional pictures. Now here is what you need to be internalizing. The first three points, what you, okay, look, it's bad practice. You're not being professional. You're not doing a great job representing the seller or their home for sale. Okay. Those are all obvious problems with, you know, uh, committing any of the first three sins. But what you're really doing is you're explaining to the entire market of potential sellers that you might be having uh, consider you, especially in that particular neighborhood, that they're absolutely not going to call you because of the fact that you've done such a bad job mm -hmm. representing their neighbor's house. So keep in mind, when you're doing marketing on a property, the reality of it is, is marketing and advertising does not sell real estate. There's been a lot of research that's been done on this. I know some of you are going to get mad when I say it, but it's still true. If you price something correctly, if it, a price condition location ultimately is the determinant as to whether or not a house sells. And the one thing that matters more than anything is the price. Now, a whole bunch of people, now they don't do this anymore, but they tried to like 15 years ago. We're trying to actually make it so that uh, people believe that the more websites the listing was on, the more, uh, the, you know, it would sell for a shorter period of time for more money and all this other, you know, marquee. And obviously these people were, guess what, selling websites to agents. What, turns out that wasn't true. More exposure does not shorten the, the marketing time, does not increase the net to the seller. There is no real benefit. But the reason that you market real estate is because, yes, to placate and keep the seller happy, let's just be honest, but also because what you're really doing is you're applying for the job of selling the neighbor's homes and you've done a really impressive job of getting that property sold. That is really what real estate marketing and advertising is truly all about. Yes, or not about if you're making these mistakes. I would say this is the same list that does cause homes to expire. I mean, well, this is very yeah. common. But the, again, this is what I would use this list for if I, you know, if I don't have any listings and I want to, you know, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to go after expired listings. Mm -hmm. This is definitely something I'd present to the seller. For sure. And a lot of homes have more than one of these problems. It's a combination of things. Okay. Number four, perhaps the listing has too many showing restrictions. If you can only show it on a Friday afternoon, if the baby isn't sleeping and it's sunny outside, you won't get many showings. If you can't show it, you can't sell it. In that category, I would also put complicated ways of getting in, like you have to defeat an alarm system or you have to go through a double guard gate or anything weird that prevents you from the ease of showing. And yeah, I mean, that's going to be strange for you. A lot of you guys that are, you know, dealing with sellers that are spoiled from the past market yep. who think that they're going to have, a, and maybe they will have a line of people outside their door in the first open house on Saturday. But if it doesn't sell, then they're going to have to learn how to be flexible and let people in the house when they don't, you know, would rather not because they're tired. They want to stay at home. They want to, you know, that. So that's going to be a psychological thing that you're going to have to unplug the sellers from the past market. Maybe they sold homes in the previous um, market and over the last, say, 10 years, and they've been spoiled by it. You're going to have to do the heavy lift and have them understand that they're definitely going to have to be more compliant for the sake of the buyer's schedules and less uh, restrictive based on their own schedules, frankly. Well, that's right. And point four and a half would be your seller hanging out during showings. Yeah, that's, that's creepy. That's also not good. That's creepy. I saw that posted on a real 
board this morning, is it okay for the seller to be there during all showings? They seem to be insisting on it. No, it kind of creeps the buyer out, doesn't give them freedom to actually look around and imagine it being their house. So yeah, that's not a great idea. And look, I'll just say this too. All those people that have security cameras in their houses, every buyer knows when the light is on, the camera is recording what they're saying, what right. they're experiencing. Tell your sellers to unplug their silly cameras or take them offline during showings because it does nothing other than make the buyers and the buyer's agents, you know, they're, they're, they're just uncomfortable. Gonna, they're uncomfortable. That just, it's kind of rude anyway. Don't I mean, do anything that makes your potential buyer want to get out of the house immediately. Right. Creeps yeah, them out. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Okay. Uh, number five, the listing has poor or no curb appeal. 50% of the buying process is made from the street. Does your listing look like a house that somebody would be proud to come home to? Do some simple things to improve the curb appeal, like a wreath on the front door, a nice front doormat, plants on the porch, landscaping, weed removal, undead the grass, etc. Well, let me throw something else on there too. I remember our first or second year when we were selling real estate, we had a, a buyer. She was a first time buyer, her and her husband, and they wanted to start their family. And I was working with them, showing them properties. And the first thing that, and this happened like so many times, it, it was weird, so I take her into a property, and the first thing she'd do is go right to the refrigerator. Right. And she'd look in the refrigerator. And I thought, like, the first time I thought, okay, I, I, didn't re I probably didn't even <laughs> notice it. But after she did it, it, like, every single listing, I thought, okay, this lady is hungry or there's something going on. I mean, she didn't even – it was weird. I'd open the door, and she'd beeline right to the refrigerator. Like, are you looking for something? I mean, you know, <laughs> what's going on, lady? So I finally asked her, and she says because it was her, either her mom or her grandma said – that you can tell the cleanliness of somebody's house because they can clean it up and put it, you know, make it look nice. But you can really truly tell how well they take care of the house based on how well they take care of the refrigerator. Because after all, the refrigerator stores their food that they put into their bodies. And so if the refrigerator itself is a pigsty, no matter how clean the house looks, you much you can pretty much assume that even if the house looks like it's it's orderly, they probably haven't been servicing the furnaces. They probably have been fixing roof leaks. Mm -hmm. They probably have, you know, the, that. So just consider all these little fine nuanced things. And Julie mentioned this earlier. When you are a premier coaching client, one of the things that you get that you give to a prospective seller is a book, basically. And you personalize this for your, you know, for yourself, put your own branding on it and whatnot. And one of the things that's it's like a section in essence that gives a seller a long checklist of all the things they need to be doing to prepare the house. And that way you don't have to worry, frankly, whether the seller is going to, you know, get the house in order. And and it also gives the seller a lot of things to do. So if you've ever listed a house before, a lot of sellers go into this really nervous or i mean you should almost like be giving people xanax when you take listings in some cases because <laughs> right. people get so full of anxiety and fear they do. so the the purpose of the book was to give them a long list of checklists of things they had to do so they frankly you know don't drive you crazy well that's true and it does make the house show in a better light you know uh, one of my coaching clients tammy in virginia she does a killer job on this probably one of the best i've seen she does a similar thing it's a booklet of you know, top 10 things that you must do before you get your home on the market. And then another 10 or so that would be a great idea to do, which will probably net you more money. Well, our book has checklists. Our yes. book will tell it literally checklists that gives them a place where they can check off when the item is done. That's right. And again, it was busy work for the seller so that they don't drive you crazy while the house is being marketed. <laughs> That's really what it yeah. is. It, but it really works. Well, and it also has uh, one of the things that I liked to prevent sellers from um, rejecting a showing where you don't want them to say, nope, not, it's not good for me today. Why do they usually do that? It's because they have dirty clothes that they haven't done. They've been at work all day. The dishes aren't done. So they say, no, the house isn't clean enough. 
Well, there's a checklist in there that you get in Premier Coaching that is how to prepare your home in 10 minutes or less. You don't actually have to do all your laundry, but shove all the dirty clothes in the, in the washer, right? All of those types of little mini things so that they don't deny showings. Yeah, and so you, when you have a showing, uh, maybe your own buyer, you're not the one over there putting their dirty clothes in the washing machine, right? You're not the one that's having to clean up after them where they should have done it themselves. All right. Yes. Okay. Trying to figure out where we just were. All right. Number six, the listing gives a bad impression when you open the front door. So we talked about 50% from the street. The other 50% of the buying decision is made in the foyer. A clutter-free, bright foyer should make the buyer want to see the rest of the house, not make them want to turn around and go see the next home. Well, that's psyops, right? That's psychological warfare right there. You want to have have bright lights. You want to have virtually nothing in the foyer. That is like no pictures of the family and all the rest of it. Not a huge coat tree with, you know, 40 coats hanging on it. Totally. And uh, like even maybe not a big rug or something like that because rugs always carry smells. And we know mm-hmm. smells are one of the biggest determinants Turn-offs. as to whether someone's going to like or not like a house. Uh, now, speaking of smells, you can get these little plug-in deals that smell like uh, vanilla or smell like fresh-baked cookies. Those types of vanilla smells have proven to have a psychological, co- psychologically calming effect on every human. And I feel cozy. And I won't go into the reasons why, but the reality of it is, is that you should get a plug-in that's vanilla smelling, give it to the seller, have them, you know, especially if the house might smell, uh, smell odd, and then that'll actually go a long way to getting the property sold. Now, something else. If the house does stink... You can actually get, I don't know if it's a deionizer. It's, it's called an air ionizer. I, you read my mind when you said yeah. that. So there, there's things that are like, well, you smells musty. The and then there's things that are like cat pee or smoke or something that's more severe. And these are called air ionizers. You can get them on Amazon. Amazon. I recognize, yeah. I, I tell my coaching clients that all the time. Yep. You should have that in your collection of listing tools. Put your name on it. You know, you can lend it to those sellers. And it really does do a good job. Yeah, exactly. And that will actually does remove all the must and it kills the mold spores in the air if there happens to be any from, you know, whatever. It also gets rid of pet odors. It gets rid of a lot of cigarette smoke. Now they have to run it for a while, but at the end of the day, that's going to be something else you're going to need to take into consideration. Yes, that's part of the checklist that -hmm. you are going to be able to give to the seller when you're in premier coaching, when you take the listing. Point number seven, Julie. Point number seven, something could be wrong with your actual MLS listing. Maybe your pictures aren't loading, the description doesn't make sense, or it's not categorized correctly. If you don't put in the square footage and somebody's searching for it, your listing won't pop up at all. Well, so that even goes deeper. So maybe you are you can put the listing in different MLS areas. That's maybe you should put the listing in, like say it's got an acre. Well, maybe you need to be making sure that you're including all the little micro searches that people do. Sometimes people will just search for Obviously, the size of the lot, or they'll search for just these little tiny little nuanced things. And MLSs nowadays have a lot of really ingenious ways of making it so that your listings are given the exact drill down. But what do most agents do? They don't even take the time. They just skip it. They just throw it in there, get an MLS number, and it's off the races. You're going to be uh, essentially losing a lot of potential lookers when you're doing it that way. Now, I know Julie's point number Eight is going to be something I was about to say, so I'll hold off and talk about that until tomorrow. But pricing and how you position it in the MLS is one of the biggest mistakes that most agents make that leads to expired listings. We're going to talk about that as our first point uh, for tomorrow. Now, I want to remind all of you guys, um, thank you again for continuing the support of this podcast. It is 
it means the world to us that so many of you have taken the time to give us five-star reviews. It really does. It's incredible. The This this podcast basically has you know, turned into a, what, 12-year movement. I mean, more and more people or agents are downloading, listening, and sharing this podcast every single day. And one of the greatest ways that you can thank us and we can thank you um, for the – and we thank you for continuing to support this podcast by, guess what, continuing to do the podcast. But we'd appreciate it if you could give us a five-star review over on iTunes, a five-star review. And just leave a comment as to why you like the podcast. What that does is it uh, tells iTunes that this is a podcast that you liked, and they're going to then share it with other people that might also benefit from it. And that helps us to stay on mission, which is being of service to all of you guys. In the meantime, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.